What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Um, coming into the library where we are today, I ran into Camille Brown. Really? Yes. Talked with her. She's, you know, she's choreographing Borgie and Bess. Oh, wow. And, uh, had, we had a, a chat on the quad, uh, coming in and, um, it was. She knows who you are? No. <laughs> no. You just, you I just mean, felt she compelled? Just, no. Well, I said, hi, I'm Jack Fervor. Cause oh. we were passing, we were literally Here's passing Here's a question each for other. you. When you say, hi, I'm Jack Fervor, is the expectation that your voice will ring, that your name will ring a bell rather? Mm-mm. No. No, I'm truly just introducing myself. Oh, and that's I was nice. like, and I said, and I have a, a, a podcast with Reed that I really want you to come with on. Reed, as if she'd know who I am. And she was like, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. she said, yeah. And then um, <laughs> also she knows about it because Jeremy told her about it when he directed her the Tony oh, spot that he did. Yeah. So, because I was with Jeremy as well. So she amazing? also remembered that Jeremy's Jeremy. more involved in the dance community than either of us. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's, I, it is, it is what I've done to Jeremy through this relationship. You've it's pushed him, pushed him into the dance while world. you've receded into your bed, into well, into a full time teaching contract. That's oh, yeah. for sure. That was all last week, and what else? I'm going to Playwrights Horizons. You saw a thing? Oh, no, meetings. I was at the yeah, and I was at the season launch party for their. Did, uh, is this where you had your introductions show. in this room orientation? Have you ever been in this room? Um, I came in here to do my so far findings. So far, these finding? are my findings so far. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, so I came. Yeah, I came in here to do my so far. We findings. got a lesson in this room about how to look through fragile materials, uh-huh. and they brought out these wedges and these mm, tongs, pa- palette knife. Uh huh. For turning pages, uh-huh. one of the more impressive things I've ever been to as was, a performance. W- oh, really? Yeah, it was wonderful. I did see something recently that I was like, "This is a really good show." But I can't remember what it was. Hmm. It's really been, it's been a full week of work, which is also my point of that was what Camille and I were talking about. It was really summer is completely over. Yeah. Work is totally on. It is. um, And this full time teaching thing is going to be full time. I went to that uh, point you thing this morning. What the hell is that? Where all the people stood on point for a minute. Oh, that James was with James doing it. James and Isabella sort of headlined the event did you put some point no, on it but I you certainly can sure i'm built for it but yeah. i <laughs> you are you've done it you did it in um nightlight bright light you walked all around stage just tippity tap and those... my first time on stage in point shoes was uh in i'm gonna say 2002 let's say on stage on stage right it was the ballet med school nutty nutcracker so one, perf- me? Yeah, one performance out of the run of Nutcracker shows at Ballet uh-huh. Met was a spoof. Called Nutty Nutcracker. Nutty Nutcracker. Uh-huh. And it was jokes. And who were you? I was one of the, um, like, dewdrop fairies. Oh. And I got to wear point shoes with my friend Randolph. You should have been Ford. the swan queen who makes an, a guest appearance who all of a sudden I finds mean, herself was, in the essentially. wrong ballet. But it's like, the music's familiar. It didn't go well, though. I was imagining I would do something impressive on point, but I absolutely didn't. But you didn't. But yeah, no, I went to provide friend support Uh in the green room. And did you sit in the audience for this? Sit in the audience. No, the whole event happened outside. Oh, I thought there was some... James is doing something with Kelly and... Ryan. 
Ryan. That's correct. Yeah. That's where I was. And was that today? Yes. Is today the 10th? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you either, but <laughs> I think that's when James was doing it. <laughs> In but, fact, um, it happened. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it day happened. it was. Oh, does that mean tomorrow, September 11th? I guess so. Oh, Did you see the thing about um, that the World Trade Center memorial lights are uh, killing 160,000 birds? A year is what they calculated. Birds the, in the night who get disoriented? I guess. I guess the, it was in the wow. New York Times. They are really a sight to see, those beams. They go very high. Gustavo was involved in making those. Remember Gustavo him? Gustavo from the Hamptons. Yes, yes well, indeed. from the West Village. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, wait, what were we talking about? Point shoes. Oh, yeah, point shoes. Well, I was in the green room mm. all the while. Many celebrities were on this real stage. And I, I like, saw them on the When monitor. you say celebrities, what does that Ashton mean? Ashton Kutcher, oh. Kim Kardashian. Did was, Ashton put point shoes on and get up there? He stood on the tips of his sneakers, I have to say. Oh, okay. He did. Uh-huh. As a demonstration. Uh-huh. But Ryan didn't go on point. Kelly did. She had been practicing. And how'd she look? I don't really know. Okay. I wasn't in a place where I could see her feet. Okay. But I think she has flexible enough ankles. That I'm sure. Fine. I'm sure. And she, apparent Tyler Peck said that she was very stable. She was going nowhere. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Little Kelly Ripa. She's a um, husky voice. Yeah. I saw her in the hall and I thought, wow, is she is she hoarse? But then I realized that is her voice. Yeah, she's just a husky voice. Wow. I remember her saying that um oh, whenever so one many- of her children <laughs> says that she looks sad or she looks tired, she makes sure to run in and just get a face full of Botox. I remember what? her saying that in an interview. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, if one of my kids is like, Mommy, you look tired I just go right in and yeah. get that cleaned up. What are your other stories that you were just, just about Just things to I've say? watched. Oh, but who were the other celebrities at Point Shoe Mayhem? Oh, Maria Kurowski, Tyler oh. Peck, Lauren Lovett, mm. Isabella, James. Those mm. were the dance celebrities. Okay, and the film stars were Ashton Kutcher. Oh, and then the guy who's one of the younger Scars guards, who's Pennywise in mm-hmm. the movie It. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And? I didn't, I didn't see him in real life, but he's very attractive on camera. Yeah, but they're all incredible. I know. Who else? Kim Kardashian, as I said. Did she, but did she get on point shoes? She was in the following episode. They were pre-recording. Oh, okay. Yeah. What did she have to say? I don't know. Her, her hair is incredibly shiny. It has no flyaways. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just really, just really down. You were going to say things you've seen. Oh. Uh, this weekend, I really allowed myself to watch Ant-Man. Both movies. Both. Both. You love to put that out yeah. in both. It is always incredible. Do you know about Ant-Man? I wish Jamie I, was here. He I would... watched the second one because Michelle Pfeiffer's in it. Yes. And I, because I, you know, I think on on some, one of those like Amazon or HBO, I think I was like, I just need to watch some Michelle Pfeiffer. So I probably put in Michelle Pfeiffer and I was like, Ant-Man 2? Mm-hmm. What the hell? Ant-Man and the Moth is on Netflix. And that's the, is that the second one? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the, I thought it was Ant-Man and Wasp. Did I say the Moth? Yeah. I just Wasp. <laughs> <laughs> correction. Uh, I have a correction. I have a correction to make. It's Wasp. Uh-huh. Correct. Um, and how, and the first one I hear he gets really big, big, uh, he like, he gets destructive in Germany, I believe, or something mm-hmm. because the Avengers get mad at him for getting so well, big. Well, that's a whole other movie. Oh, okay. He got really big in with the wasp. Remember with the water? Yeah, she, 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 she drops him. over in the, is he in San, San Francisco? Francisco? Bay. Uh-huh. At any yeah. rate, I, I really enjoyed them. I thought they were more personal than the other ones where, like, it's always, like, some kind of galactic or planetary disaster. This was more just, like, home life, mm. which I liked. Mm. 
and uh, funny, funny stuff. But what about um, a Great British Bake Off? I, I'm Have you been watching that? Yeah, yeah. There's only been two episodes, right? Correct. Yeah, I watched those. Nothing of note so far. Nothing There's of note. There's certainly no Kim Joy. No, I, they're trying to make the goth woman. You kind of feel like maybe they had hoped oh, that she's she would do that. She's a very dark crystal, right? And then it's, but she's not. She's not doing what Kim no. Joy does. No, because Kim Joy is a genius. What about the child, the, the guy who, who got kicked off? Yeah, who with laughs, the identical twin? Who laughs like Barton? Oh, that laugh reminds me of Barton a little bit. Don't Hi, Barton. You think? I saw Hi, Barton. Barton. I know you told me that. I love that. I think you told me that last week on this podcast. Um, or at least before before we recorded. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Sad. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. That's all that's been going on. Is there anything else you'd like to I share? I finished The Dark Crystal. It's incredibly tedious, but also, like, you know, in, uh, impressive. I'm not going to watch it. Bobby Briscoe asked us to weigh in on The Dark Crystal, so we're not going to because you didn't watch it. I didn't. I, um... It's about... <sighs> it's, uh, it's six hours too long. Wow. Yeah. Out of ten. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like one of those things you just scrub through because it looks very No, you um, can. Each scene similar. is 12, 12 to 15 minutes long. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of dialogue. I know. It's a lot of dialogue. At any rate, I'm going to segue. Are you okay. ready? <clears throat> We're bringing in our guests. It's the fall. It's the fall. Which means? Fall for dance. Well, that and other uh-huh. performance. Uh-huh. The dryness is over. Right. Which means that dance begins again. Right. And today we have someone who is literary in dance, right? What do we say? You, you don't, don't answer. <laughs> 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 I, I, I think that he was saying yes. Yeah. I yeah. W- yeah. Um, so today we have a special guest uh, who writes for various publications on dance. Have we ever had such a guest? No. Wow. I really had to think about it. Wow. And the answer is no. No. Yeah. I feel Lar has written well on dance, but I don't know if it's it's not reviews or previews. Or yeah, I mean, like and so is Terry. Oh my you know? god! I mean, correct. Absolutely. But in terms of like what their job is, no, it's not their job. Right. Okay. Anyways, today we have Brian Schaefer. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, have you been on a podcast before? Um. I have not. I have uh, done a podcast episode for Jacob's Pillow, which was just me kind of like, it was more like a story that they had. What did you talk about? I talked about Gaga and the I was the so Dance for company. just one brief moment. Lady. Oh, I know. I <laughs> wish. One, I wish. I had just one brief moment of being like, wow. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I was talking about uh, the Bachelor Dance Company and Gaga, and it was just kind of me reading uh, this thing that I had written for their dance interactive. So this is the first time that I am in conversation in a podcast. And, and actually I think the first time in, I don't know how long maybe ever that I've kind of been on this end of like an interview. Are you scared? How, how did you feel compelled to agree to read? Because that is a good question. Because I just felt first of all, I thought it would be really fun. And then two, you know, as a writer, I just kind of sit in front of my computer all day and my relationship to the dance community is generally me kind of, you know, writing the weekly listings and writing feature stories. And so sometimes in that case, I get to sit down with people and, and get to know them and talk about dance. But more often than not, I don't necessarily feel 
always like part of the dance community mm-hmm. as a, as writers you know we can feel a bit detached and i know with critics which i'm not really a critic um but you know there can be you know that's a a complicated relationship and i was just really excited about the idea that i like got to be on the inside and talk with dancers was there something i mean when we'll we'll backtrack in through your story but was there a, a decision that you felt that you made to be more dance journalism than dance critic oh oh um that's a good question um in a lot of ways it's just kind of what the opportunity opportunities were there's not a lot of dance critic opportunities and uh i mean I, I kind of started through criticism i mean the way that i kind of got into the writing to begin with is i was uh undergrad at uc san diego is that where you grew up i grew up in pasadena oh. so i'm a southern california boy wow yeah. southern california yeah that sounds so much nicer than here but <laughs> I, I like it here well. but i but i i very much enjoyed growing up there right uh, so I went to UCSD. This is a good story. I was not planning to, I mean, I wasn't involved in dance at that point at all. And I kind of fell into it. I had some friends in the dorms who dragged me to a hip hop class at the recreation department. Uh-huh. And I really enjoyed that. And then I had another friend who was like, well, if you take dance classes in the dance department, it's free and you get credit. And so then I started taking classes in the dance department and then the teachers see a six foot tall guy and they just like grab you and throw you on stage. And all of a sudden you're performing within three months of taking your first class. Were you flexible? No, I'm not. Yeah. One of the reasons I'm not a performer today, but I fell in love with the art form and just kind of took as many classes as I could. I did a year abroad uh, in Denmark. And so I kind of spent a year watching the Royal Danish ballet and just, got this incredible range of classic and contemporary European and just, it was so inspiring. And I came back with a year left in school and and trying to figure out how to make dance more part of it. And the, the good folks at the uh, academic advising office suggested that I could declare a second major. And I did that and I stayed a fifth year. And one of the classes that I took was a criticism and aesthetics class which was taught by Allison Green, who is now the dean of Tisch. Yeah. And she was the, the head of the dance department at the time. And when I graduated, she said to me, you're really improving. If you want a performance career, keep working hard. You'll find your place somewhere. But dance needs writers. And I think that might be your contribution to dance. And it was the first time anyone had ever had ever even said that that was a possibility. I mean, I think one of the the bad things about dance programs is that they give you the impression that performance is the only thing you can do with your passion for dance. And they don't kind of help you see that, you know, if you don't go into performance or if you decide not to pursue it, um, there are so many different ways that you can support dance and you can be a writer a journalist, you can work in fundraising, you can work in marketing, you can work in presenting. Um, there's, I mean, dance needs all that support, um, but Which we don't. Is, and I'd also even say that that is not only support, but that's being involved. I yeah. think that it's not just this thing of, it isn't just supporting this sort of ephemeral form. Actually, all of those things are about involvement. And yeah. I think that that sort of, especially when it gets into journalism, uh, 
and critical theory inside of dance, I think that is a place where it's also so involved. Mm -hmm. Well, also like in a way more in depth kind of involvement because you're not so wrapped up in your body and in your duties and you actually have more space to understand and see things and have like a bigger perspective on whatever dance community you're in. Well, that was a big part of it too because when I was trying to be a dancer because after I graduated I still spent a few years kind of training and going all the And what the, kind of dancer did you feel you wanted to be? I was looking to be modern contemporary. Um, what did you like? I mean in San Diego I didn't have much of a reference point. Um but I do remember I mean, we brought in international dance companies, the university, and, and after I graduated, I ended up working for the presenting program for three years as a, as a program manager. And so I got to work with all these great companies um, from all over the world. Um, God, I'm trying to remember um, some of the ones that were really inspiring, like Inbal Pinto. Mm-hmm. I remember that being really inspiring. Grupo de Corpo. That was to, awesome. You know who loves them? Who? I think Burr loves them. And I want to, are they from Brazil? Yes. I want to see them. They were just here. Yeah, they were at BAM. (laughs) Yeah, they were just here. You were watching Dark Crystal. I was absolutely (laughs) buried in puppets. It was six hours too long. (laughs) And I remember, oh, and Rubber Band, Victor Quijada, who's going to be at the Joyce next week. Right. Grupo de Rua. Are they in Montreal? They're in Montreal based. Yeah. Um, so I got, so from all that, I, I kind of got this huge international perspective on it. And, and as I was like in the studio, I realized that I don't really want to be in the studio. When I was rehearsing for stuff, I couldn't see anything. And I realized that it was more important for me to see as much as possible than to be on stage myself, which. And why, what, how, what was that feeling? Can you kind of place psychologically what that impetus was that you really wanted to be seeing rather than doing? Yeah, because I think I just got more pleasure and excitement Mm -hmm. seeing all the various facets of dance and all the different ways that you could use it and all the different ways that people brought it to stage. And Mm -hmm. when I was performing, I never got quite the rush of adrenaline you know, in, in terms of being in front of an audience, I was pretty bad. I would like forget steps. I mean, I, I could pick stuff up quickly, but I would, I would be on stage <laughs> and I would, I mean, I would definitely just like completely draw a blank <laughs> and start improvising when I should not That's be crap. improvising. That's okay. And, and then, and after that happened a few times, I thought, I thought maybe, maybe I'm not cut out for this, uh, for quite this, uh, this role. I mean, I dance. think that's a whole other kind of contribution. We need more people like you. I mean, read, read, really, read. what, uh, who was that? It's, I think it's Larissa Velez Jackson, the taking it easy on stage. Tonight I'm going to do a little something I like to call taking it easy on stage. <laughs> um, but as you our listeners a- know, I've, I have watched, I've seen read, uh, take naps before on stage accidentally it's not like he tried it's just that's, it a, that's impressive that's Thank how you. low his blood pressure can yeah. go we're diametrically opposed yes. mine skyrockets to an almost heart attack yes level. you really amplify mm-hmm. everything I, that happened in rehearsal changes it gets greater like a million percent yeah, yeah, whereas yeah. you calm down uh, yeah. So like you could just lay down by your legs at the wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's really good. I'm working to get more like rage. But yeah. you were in the work of a notable, now no notable New York maker when I, you were in college, right? Yes, this is true. Ew. Uh, I had the pleasure of performing for Mariah Evans at UCSD. 
and she put me in a... My jaw is... <laughs> His jaw dropped. She's absolutely a future friend of the podcast. Yeah, well, we can't she's wait already to a friend of the podcast. Oh, she's we can't, wonderful. We can't wait to have yeah, her on. Yeah. yeah, she put me in a nude unitard. Yes. And um, she had a move that I still remember that she called, like, the flagella. And we were basically in, like, a downward dog, mm-hmm. but, like walking mm-hmm. um, across a stage doing some kind of weird thing with one hand mm-hmm. um, it was fabulous I really enjoyed it was and she was and she was such a did character. you forget your moves not in that not, not in, in that piece. Piece. Not, not in that one yeah. that was your calling yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. I just like picked the wrong yeah the wrong you didn't know you didn't just know that you're allowed to draw a blank on stage yeah just try something else and just keep working with yeah I mean you would have gone to impulse dance would have been <laughs> a, would have been a whole other a whole other trajectory yeah but that was wow. great and I, I love um running into her and yeah. seeing her work here it's yeah. really fun we have a nice little San Diego contingent have you ever been able to do have you ever done a preview piece or ever written about Mariah I haven't It'd be such a, I mean, I would love to see, to have it be like, I remember when I danced for Mariah in college yeah. and it's so exciting that she's going to be at the kitchen this week. Y'all should go. It's going to be, well, just, I get that's to, tremendous. I, I've gone to write about her for the previews, but that's, that's not what I much. mean. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, you've, you've, that you've done. Yeah, but, but you, I, I don't get to play, I don't get the personal, I don't get to use I in the, in the no. previews. No, it would really be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would be so amazing yeah. to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, and then what happened? So you have this talk with Allison. Yes. And then, and then I spent a few years still working on right. the performing and I even, I mean, I went to California Ballet and I signed up for their summer intensive and I was the six foot tall, 22, 23 year old who was dancing with the 12 year old girls. Oh no. And I was, you know, <laughs> which was great because, you know, you could pick I could up. partner them. Yeah. Right. right. And, um, and then they, so <laughs> I was doing that really, really awful at it. And they, but they asked me to do their Nutcracker one year. I was the Rat King. Uh-huh. And so you're gonna say cavalier, like just really and I was also I was also in the I think I was also in the Arabian variation. Wow, um, just wear? just for lifting. Oh. Um, but there was no, a <laughs> what did you just say? I said what'd you wear for Arabian? Oh, for Arabian? Oh god, did you have a headband? No pants. Pants. No I wore top. pants. I may not have worn a top. A I may vest? have been shirtless. <laughs> Possibly. In other words, Aladdin, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I might have looked like that. Um, and But there was a, a young kid in the Russian variation that was really, really talented. And everyone was really excited about him because he had just started going to SAB. And he was back and everyone's like, what's it like there? How's Tyler Peck? All this stuff. And um, it was a really sweet guy, really talented dancer. And that was Justin Peck. And so oh. I did a wow. nutcracker with Justin. Does Peck. he know that? Yes, I've interviewed him and I've told him that story. Did he remember you? Mm, he might have pretended to, but no. Well. Hey, Justin was like, "Look, Brian, I had my eye on the prize." <laughs> <laughs> um, who was he? Who was Justin in that nutcracker? He said Russian. He was the Russian, oh, he was the Russian. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Um, okay, and then did you ever do any gram? Like technique? And- yeah. Um, yeah, so one of the one of the kind of like the matriarchs of modern dance in San Diego is Jean Isaacs. I don't know if that name no. rings a bell, um, but she's still performing there with her company. At one point, it was my ultimate goal to dance for her, and she came from a very like it was a mashup of of techniques. But she introduced a lot of gram into the classes, 
and um, and it was so painful for me. And I was just sitting there, like contract, like sitting sitting in fourth position and doing the contractions. Yeah, I mean, it just hips don't lie. It just revealed like all the things that my body couldn't and I knew would never ultimately do. And I'm supposedly a flexible person, and I felt the same way in Graham. Um, and I'm a pretty inflexible person and, uh, and you were really drawn to it and I did okay actually in it. Well, you have a lot of, um, you have space in the like main part of the hip socket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the main room. Yeah. There's a, there, a chandelier, but like I think when, once it starts to make some of those turns, that's when it gets a little tricky. That's candlelight. But, uh, but a fourth is, a fourth is fine for me for whatever reason. Incredible. A second, not so much. It's really, they, my hips want to go like that and they just want to really twist um so i was just curious how graham was for you because oh. you're because well, you have the you know that would that would also be a it's interesting to hear because I, i'm picturing these teachers being like oh wow as you were saying there's this six foot guy who can come and then he can pick up these women and if it's graham throw them around and you know <laughs> it's really that was how i became that's a part of what drew me away from that was I was like, I don't relate to that story. Mm-hmm. I don't relate to being this man who's either marrying her or uh, beating her. It was just, right. uh, yeah. I mean, we didn't do, we didn't do repertory. I mean, UCSD is not, you know, it was a, it's a bachelor's, not a, a BA, not a BFA. Mm-hmm. It's not a conservatory program. A lot of people don't, most people don't go there to study dance if they have some ambitions and, and previous experience and they're going to a school that is kind of more focused on it. But it was a really, really great program, um, really encouraging. They had just built these beautiful studios, some great faculty, and, um, you know, it also incorporated a lot of history, a lot of writing. Have you and, ever gone back to guest lecture and talk uh, about I don't think I have. Well, USD, you know, give him a call or you yeah. can just play this podcast for your class. Did you ever get stung <laughs> by a stingray at, at Black's Beach? Uh, no. Oh, um, that's the place where you hurt yourself, huh? Is no, that I, true? I didn't get no, hurt there. No, in San there. Diego. I didn't get, yeah. I did get really yeah. hurt in San Diego. This is um, dirt from the oh. Balboa Park from what? where I wiped out on a bicycle so hard oh, man. that it is, uh, it's still in my skin. That's yeah. crazy. I had to be taken to, um, like an ER. That's which, correct. Yeah. Like yeah. an ER. Yeah. Well, it's cause it didn't, I was like, I don't think this is an ER, but I think it was, oh, someone's coming. Oh, in. hi. Hey, hi. I don't know if you have heard the announcement in here. No. Actually, would you close in 15 minutes? Oh. We've got to clear the floor now. See, left side now. Got it. Oh. I can't leave this. Okay, great. Got it. What time do you close? Uh, well, we close now. You close now. Okay. We'll find a new place. We'll go record somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the break between the two chunks of this interview. As we walk down to the basement of the New York Performing Arts Library, to start recording again in a fancy room with squishy couches. During this little break, you could potentially win a dance and stuff tote bag if you can answer, if you're the first person rather, to DM us in our Instagram the answer to a question, uh, the answer to which arose last night, very unexpectedly, after Jack and I, who, who, 
who've known each other for ages and repeatedly collaborated on projects and recorded over 100 episodes of this podcast, we'd never made the connection that there is a movie that best encapsulates our relationship as friends and people on this world. And um, if you can write in and correctly answer with the name of this film, you will win a dance and stuff tote bag. And I'm going to give you a clue right now, which is, are you ready? The four fingers. And if you can tell us the name of the movie and you're the first person to write in correctly, we will send you a tote bag. Enjoy the rest of our interview with Brian Schaefer. Now we're downstairs in the basement. Okay, and part two, and we're back. In the catacombs, level we're, C. We're now we're in the catacombs. Well, now we're on library. leather couches, and oh, yeah. it's yeah. very comfortable now. You won't be able to lay down because I you're wish. too quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you're too quiet. You'll have to sit up, and you'll have, okay. to, you'll have to talk into the, into the device. Okay, so also, we, what were you doing when you went to Denmark for a year? Yes. Why did you do that? Oh, I was studying abroad. I just, I knew that I always wanted to, to study abroad when I went to college. Like, it was... It was just a given before I went. And I actually really wanted to come to like a small liberal arts school back east. And like uh, hard? No, like Vassar. Oh, okay. I, I almost oh. went to Vassar. And, and um, you know, when I was kind of considering between that and the UC uh, school, you know, the, the cost was a really significant difference. And I realized that if, um, you know, if I'm going to spend a year abroad, I might as well pay a, a UC price for that and right. the public school price. And so that was actually a big determining factor in going to, to San Diego. And you just took regular academics? Yeah. In Denmark? Yeah. Yeah. In English? In English. But I mean, I studied Danish. How'd it go? It went okay. Can you speak Danish? Yeah, say something to I can. I can. <laughs> I mean, it's been... 17 years well, so my danish is a little rusky us. the very first thing that i ever learned was tak for ul which oh. is thank, thank you for you. the beer oh and Ooh. um you know i learned how to introduce myself how do you do that yeah hello brian yeah hello jack yeah hello brian um yeah i come from wow it's just West. like swedish it's very similar yeah yeah um yeah, Bolly Copenhagen. I live in Copenhagen. Yeah. That's what I would tell everyone. Did you like living in Copenhagen? I loved it. Have it you so ever fun. been like, I'm going to move back to Europe now uh, that I live in this like fascist regime? I, I mean, I, <laughs> I fantasize about moving back to Denmark. I have Danish family. I was actually supposed to study abroad in Israel. I'd been studying Hebrew for two years at university in preparation for that. But this is in 2002, and the second intifada was underway. And so I'd been accepted to the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, and the University of California canceled their program. And so with like I had a month and I had to scramble and pick another country. And and I really wanted to be in a non-English speaking country. And and if you haven't previously been studying the language, you basically have two options. You can study in Denmark or you can study in the Netherlands. And because I have Danish family, um, I when I said, well, I'll go hang out with them for a year. I'd never really met them. And and I showed up in my who I call my Danish uncle, but he's really kind of like my mom's second Friend. cousin or whatever. <laughs> he met me at the airport and they helped me get settled and they were really Did you wonderful. Live with them? No, I lived in a dormitory. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, Did it you was have great. A roommate? I didn't have a roommate, but we lived. It was called a, it was a collegium, Egmont Collegium, 
And I was on a floor where we each had our own rooms, but we had a communal kitchen. And so I lived with like 25 Danes and we would have uh, Melk Club, (laughs) which was, uh, we had like a food club every night. So every night, you know, it was somebody's turn to cook dinner for everybody. Mm -hmm. And you would, the night before, write the menu on, you know, this spreadsheet. And then you would, you know, and then you would see what it is. And then you'd say, okay, I'll join. And so they had a sense of how much shopping they were going to do. And then they made dinner for you that night and you ate with all your, uh, how many dollars was dinner? Uh, the equivalent of like three or four. Oh my goodness. I mean, they did kept, you ever do, like, were you ever in charge? Did you ever head up? Yeah, it was my turn. And spaghetti and I, meatballs? Well, I'd never cooked before. Like I'd oh, never learned no. how to cook and all of a sudden I'm responsible. Did, did you have help? I had helped. I had, so a lot of the, um, you know, some how of the. How many siblings did you grow up with? Two. And are you the youngest? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest and you never had to cook. No, my mom, my mom was just became like the master of like the semi home cooked meal. And she worked full time. She was a health educator and she would come home and she would like open a bag of salad and like, you know, throw a bunch of nuts on it. And she'd like, you know, open a bag of frozen veggies and stick them in the uh, microwave. And, you know, and then she'd like, peel off, you know, some Trader Joe's enchiladas and stick those in the oven. And that was like, that was like dinner. Semi-homemade with Sandra Lee or whatever. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. Tablescapes. And we grew up and before, and before Trader Joe's came here, like I grew up on Trader Joe's and 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 they kind of made that easy. That was the first time I had ever seen a Trader Joe's. And I was like, wow, this is, and I was a vegetarian. You should have seen the first time my mother and aunt saw Trader Joe's simultaneously for the first time, like two years ago. It was a psychotic experience. (laughs) Well, they had like diametric reactions to it where they both walked in. My mother got a huge cart and absolutely started filling it with the most absurd things like flowers, etc. While my aunt just started looking at the price tags on like pepper and not buying anything. My mom was like bottles of vodka, all the most expensive items. And flowers. That's really good. And that really is his mom and Aunt Jane. That makes sense. It was Gail. Aunt Gail. Oh, was Aunt Gail. Yeah, I haven't met her Wow. Anyway, wow, sorry, wow, back wow. to Brian. Brian. Back to Brian. Wait, and then did so, you ever go to Israel? So I ended up living there for three years. What? Yes. Why? So, um, so when I... And you speak Hebrew? So my Hebrew, my Hebrew is better than my Danish, but oh. it is <laughs> worse, much worse now than it was when I lived there, which I moved here six years ago from Tel Aviv. And, um, and I have just progressively lost all of my Hebrew. Um, I'm, I would be quite embarrassed to speak it now, but I can like understand still. And I, and when I go back there, like it, it'll come back. Did you love Tel Aviv? I loved Tel Aviv. I was like obsessed with it. So I had grown up going there. I have a family in Israel. Uh, the first place that I actually ever traveled was to Tel Aviv for a family reunion when I was 14 months old. Um, memories. The memories. It was. It was a. You know, it's not. It, it's not like it was then, but it was. You know, Miami, yeah. Miami of Israel. Yeah. Um, and I'd gone. You know, I'd gone over the years with my family for a cousin's wedding, and um, and I'd always loved being in Tel Aviv. I'd always wanted to spend more time there. And a few years after college, when I was working for UC San Diego for the Performing Arts Presenting Program. I applied for a year-long fellowship in Tel Aviv, and I got it. And I just quit my job and moved there in 2010. Uh, had this incredible year, um, year-long fellowship. And during that time is when I started doing more and more writing. And 
What was the fellowship? So our listeners was, can apply. Uh, actually, so it was the DeRoad Fellowship, and it was the same fellowship. And one of the ways I found out about it was Jesse Zared, because oh. he was on it. So he had done it a few years before me. And then I got a... How do you know Jesse? Uh, so the reason I met Jesse was that... Jewish. A, was that, <laughs> well, was that ADF. Because did you go to ADF? I went to ADF. I did the Critics Institute. When the National Endowment for the Arts right. had their arts journalism program, it was this three weeks Critics Institute. So right after I graduated and I started doing more writing, I applied for that and got accepted. So I was there for three weeks. I met Jesse there. And then and he told me about the fellowship that he had just gone back for. And he like wrote it down for me. But I had just gotten the job at the university. So I said, well, I'm not going to apply now. I just got this great job. I'm going to stick with that. And then like three years later, I'm looking through some old files. I had just applied for I had just found out about the fellowship uh, through another means, like through um, uh, a cousin and had applied for it. And then was looking through some old folders and found the little like torn paper that Jesse had given me with his name and email address and Phone the number. fellowship <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the fellowship website. And so it kind of all came full circle. And so that's the one that I did. And it kind of got me into writing. And I volunteered at the Suzanne DeLal Center, which is the main contemporary dance center in Tel Aviv. I was helping them. I wrote their Wikipedia page. I was helping them with English translations and, and materials for visiting country or companies. And then I was like completely enamored of Tel Aviv. I was like, I'm not ready to leave. I have to stay here. And so I like applied for and did a master's degree in creative writing, basically just as an excuse to stay. Wow. And so then I was, that was a two-year program and then I needed a job. And so I got a job as a copy editor for Haaretz newspaper, which is one of their uh, main papers. It's like the, the lefty, the it's thought. the lefty one. And and then I started writing for them as well. And I started doing stories and reporting, arts and culture and politics. And then um, and then I kind of boldly – and th- actually, before I started working for Haaretz, um, I wrote the first article I'd ever written for a newspaper, which was for the New York Times, because I was in Tel Aviv. I was involved in the dance community there. They – Batsheva was about to come to New York – and I kind of boldly like wrote to the dance editor and said, hey, I'm in Tel Aviv. I have access to this company. Um, can I write you this story? And she said yes. And I had no business was writing. It? it was uh, Julie Bloom was the editor, well, the dance yeah. editor at the time. Julie Bloom. And <laughs> I had no business writing for the New York Times. But they let me and I got that clip. And that kind of was like helped helped everything get started and, and helped, you know, direct me into this very unexpected journalism career. Which is what Allison was Which is exactly, wanting for you. Yeah, exactly. What, Why did you, know, you leave Tel Aviv? For love. How did that happen? You met on the beach? Uh, no, I, <laughs> <laughs> we, met, um, we met at a mutual friend's birthday party in San Diego right before I moved to Israel. Oh, no. So oh. he was living here. Um, it wasn't kind of a, a immediate romance. He was actually in another relationship. It was like, hi, nice to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. That was it. Uh, I came through New York for my orientation. I had dinner with him and his ex, moved on to Tel Aviv, didn't see them um, again for two years. 
And a year later, when I was passing through, um, I wrote them a note and was like, hey, guys, I'm coming through. would love to get dinner again. Didn't hear anything. Awkward. Months later, Stephen uh, wrote and said, you know, sorry, we weren't in touch. They had just uh, broken up. And but that kind of initiated a correspondence between the two of us, which went for another year. I mean, just emails. Or just text. emails. Well, and also handwritten letters. Oh. So we did we did some handwritten letters. That's nice. What does do? He is he does a lot of different things, but he is a tech consultant. So he um he kind of specializes in Apple products. Today was a very exciting day for him because they had the big uh annual uh, launch of the new products and so he was very right. excited on his computer for well it's not necessarily new products but kind of the new generation of each product so mm-hmm. what's happening with the you know the, the new watch and the, the phone ring? and yeah it's an iphone that's on a ring no <laughs> yeah i'm not seeing it it's a band and you can just like whisper you're around a liar <laughs> But you were you were almost you were almost there for a moment. Yeah. Okay. So, Um, but you guys, when did the handwritten letters start? That was like about a year in, and a year in of email, texting, and WhatsApp. Just emails. Oh wow! Just emails. Yeah, just emails. And then we did some handwritten letters. Who did the first handwritten letter? Me. Wow. Yeah. You take you like adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Adventure and Romance with Brian Schaefer. Yeah, exactly. That'll be your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Dance, adventure, romance. Yeah, I don't have to live up to that. Um, You wrote a handwritten letter. Yeah, and then... Did you guys say, I love you, Yeah, what was the end of the letter? Did you say, sincerely, yours truly? That's a really good question. I have no idea how I signed off. It's in the file. Did you say, I love you first in voice or in email? In voice, but that was, that was like six or nine months later. In person? In person. Oh, that's good. Because, because after we had had, after we did our handwritten letters, I came to New York for just a week. It was for my birthday and it was to... When is your birthday? August 26th. Just the other day. Just the other day. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Yes. Virgo. But cuspy to Leo. Okay. Yes. And, but I wanted to meet my family halfway. They came out from California. We were trying to find the in-between place. And I just wanted to see a week of shows. They were like, what do you want to do? It was my big birthday. It was my 30th. And um, so that's what we did. And Steven offered for me to stay with him. And uh, he has a wonderful uh, apartment. And I was very happy to do that. he's from here. Uh, yes. He grew up in New York. He grew up in New York. Oh, cool. Yes. And... And then, and so I did, and he just, he just kind of joined my family, um, for the entire week. And he just, we basically kind of fell into this mini week long relationship and it was really felt great. It was beautiful. Uh, he got along famously with my family. They loved him. And I still had a year left in my master's and I was definitely going back to Israel and he did not want to do a long distance relationship. And so we said, okay, that's been fun. And did you we'll, cry? Yes. Yeah, I bet you. Did he cry too? You both cried. Uh, I, well, I definitely cried. I think as I was like, you know, as we were going to going to the airport, yeah, I think he was in the airport. No. Oh. I think I got on the subway. Yeah. But as we were saying goodbye, and it's a part of it. feeling in the stomach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so horrible. And, and it was kind of like, yeah. you know, if you asked me to move here, I would. But I couldn't right. say that. Right. 
And I wanted to finish the degree. Right. And so I right. loved living in Tel Aviv too. So it was, right. it was complicated. But we went back, I went back and, um, and dated, uh, dated other people and he did as well. But we just kind of kept staying in touch. And uh, a few months after that, I went to L.A. to see my family. And he came out to visit me there. And I think that's when I first said I love you. And then I had six months left in my degree. And, you know, he kept saying, well, if you ever end up in New York, if you ever end up in New York. And I said, well, I'm not going to just end up in New York. So if there's something here then we need to kind of create the stepping stones for us to be together. And uh, after that, he booked a trip and came to visit me in Tel Aviv. And then I came again to New York to just kind of give a shot to like, what would this feel and look like? And, uh, and at the end of that trip, he, we decided that, uh, that we'd give it a shot. And uh, a week after I defended my thesis, I was on a plane and I showed up with two suitcases and I moved in and that was six years ago and we got married last fall. Oh, brave. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> where'd you guys get married? We got married upstate uh, in Hudson Valley. Tell that where? story. Yeah. This is good. How, yeah, we'll it, how you did it. Well, how we did it. The way, the way Reed buries the lead. And, and yeah. Whenever he, and, and I've, I'm used to it now in our yeah. 100th and whatever episode well, this is when a, he knows someone before. Tell that this story. Is this it's a, so good. When you get like, to the part with da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And this is really what you want to talk about? I mean, this is like very useful information for dance. I, no, I mean, nothing's useful. Nothing this, matters. Yeah. This, this, this is well, the stuff here's, here's the thing. Yeah. Things matter what we bring our attention to. Yeah. So in that way, nothing matters or likewise, everything matters. That's true. So yeah. it's, as you know, we've, we've talked about how you came into dance, how you grew up into that. And also you are a, a married gay man. And that is, yes. uh, uh, you know, we're in a time where that gets to happen. I mean, Jeremy and I are doing this as we go through the AIDS legacy, the AIDS Royal History Projects. The the time the, it's we're in such a different time mm-hmm. that this is actually a radical yeah. story as well. That's true. So and it also and, and this has also brought me to New York and it's right. kind of what put me here. In that you this came world here. And... That you came to New York for love, not career. That's right. Is also really huge I because also, generally yes. people come to New York for career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't the place where you go for love. This is the you know this is sort of. The tip of the arrow. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, the nice thing is, is that it was a place where, given my passion for dance and, and writing and journalism, there's a lot to sink my teeth into here. Yes. And having kind of already built the relationships that I had, I was very lucky that, um, you know, that there was some stuff that came to me quickly. So, um, you know, I had, so Siobhan Burke, mm-hmm. uh, one of the Times critics, uh, she and I kind of got to know each other on email when she was a, an assistant editor at Dance Magazine. I'd right. written some stuff for them. And she came to Israel and we had never met, but she got in touch with me and she, I think, was there for Birthright and then ended up extending her stay for a few days. She stayed with me in my apartment. Wow. We, you know, totally hit it off, had a great time. It was during Passover. So I actually brought her to a Passover Seder of an Israeli guy that I was dating at the time. And so she met his entire family, 
But when I moved to New York, and it was right at the moment when Rosalind Solkris had moved to London, and they were looking for another listings writer, which uh, Siobhan was doing at the time, and uh, and she asked if I was interested and put my name forth, and wow. that's how I got that job. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. So all, and then you and you were already that. writing for Dance Magazine. I'd already contributed, which, right, a and, few and things, and, and I still do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that the only time that we've that we spoke was for that. Yeah. For right, the right. James Whiteside piece. That's right, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so now back to your wedding. Oh, right, yeah. So you, who proposed to who? So we were we were at a show. We Every year on our anniversary, we would do, we would do sushi in a show. Uh-huh. And S&S. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call it, s <laughs> We're really into S&S. Oh, yeah, what's that? Sushi in a show. <laughs> and we went... We were we went to see the Wild Party as part of Encores uh-huh. at City Center because I'd just written a profile for the Times of Sonia Taya mm-hmm. who had choreographed that, and the lights were going down and the curtain was going up, and he turns to me and says, "Should we get married?" <gasps> and and I kind of like mumbled something, and that and, and you're like, and, the and then the show started, <laughs> <laughs> and then. And that was that was several years ago. That was like three years ago. And so later that night, we had a conversation and said, yeah, we, we do want to get married. What does that look like? And then nothing. Like, we just could not figure out what a wedding would look like. And Stephen hates being in huge crowds. He hates being the center of attention. He hates, like, the idea of doing a wedding of more than, you know, 20 people just... Every time we, every time that that became the thing that was we were working towards, he would just shut down. He was completely uninterested, and so actually over the next like two years, every time we would bring it up and say like, "Oh, should we do something? What would that look like?" Well, maybe we can just you know pitch a tent upstate and you know have some friends and family, and and then every time we would look at the numbers, and I'm very close with my extended family. Like you, we could never do it under a hundred people, and he would just. It, you it, have wow! I was like, I could do it with twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could do it with like five. <laughs> I mean, by the time we like included our families, we were already. I'm talking kind about of like, family, friends, more. Yeah, yeah, but our family would bring us to like forty. Whoa! Uh, like the people that we would really want to include, and and even that was just kind of a deal breaker, and so. Um, and so then all of a sudden a bunch of my cousins got engaged. And so we had kind of three big weddings coming up, um, this year in 2019. And then my brother called us and said that he was going to propose to his girlfriend and he was going to be like the fourth big family wedding in 2019. And this is kind of last spring. Steven and I looked at each other and we were like, well, we either slip in in two months and do something kind of really small um, before this whole circus gets going, or we're waiting till 2020, which we didn't want to do. And so we just brought our immediate families, just parents and siblings, um, upstate, and we had a ceremony with 11 guests. And we kind of created a whole weekend for them to just get to know each other and hang out. And we did a flower arranging class where they like brought all the flowers to the house. And we did like a cooking class with our favorite chef upstate. And you where know, where are you upstate? 
Where is this in happening? Ingram? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So we were like in Hillsdale. Like we had okay. lunch at uh, Crossroads, and then we went to Tiny Hearts for uh, okay. you know for our. We were going to do it at uh, at City Hall there or Town Hall uh, in Hillsdale, um, but then realized that that would just be a bit more work than we wanted to put into it. And flower arranging class, cooking class. Who's your favorite chef upstate? Uh, Josephine Pruel of um, at. Um, uh, local 111 in mm. Philmont is the best restaurant up there. I like f- everybody's in Hudson. And if you just go 10 minutes away to Philmont, is that it's where this the old... best burger is? I don't know. The best okay. burger, no, Anyhow, best burger okay. is Grayson. I think no, the great there's Grayson in Hudson, but the best burger supposedly is in Philmont. This could be a whole other side. So, yeah. is so bored. Reed's face is <laughs> literally giving. And that. all I could think about was unions. I was like local 111. What's my union name? <laughs> 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 so you did the you had this wedding there yes and and we wanted to but we wanted to do something with uh, find a way to involve our friends mm-hmm. and so at one point Stephen was like well you know what my favorite thing is it's just dinner parties like small dinner parties with friends and I said great let's just do a bunch of those and so after we did the ceremony with our families we did 12 <gasps> deconstructed receptions over six months of uh-huh. like just 10 like 10 people at a time where we would just take them to restaurants uh-huh. and we would you know it wasn't recreating the ceremony but we would kind of you know introduce everyone at the table and you know what they meant to us and what our history was with them wow. we would read like a small section of our uh of our ceremony uh we would we brought photos and would kind of like take them through the events and um, and then we would kind of, you know, invite them to, you know, share a blessing with us. And then we just kind of like enjoyed a great meal with our friends kind of in celebration of our wedding. But that also just required them to, you know, get on the subway and times. go uptown. And we did 12 times. We did. Is that nice? I Yeah, we did. We did eight. <laughs> I made me emotional. We did eight. I literally, I literally, I want to start crying. It's really It's sweet. a good idea. Well, it's so sweet. And you, you can read about it in the Times because I, I wrote about it for the style section, which I was very very hesitant to do Stephen really wanted me to do it and I was like I don't write about myself I'm like a serious journalist I write about you know culture and I write about politics and I'm not writing about our wedding and he was like no but people are excited about this idea you need to share it and I I work at a a co-working space for writers and uh, a friend of mine there has contributed to the style section and I was casually mentioning the idea to her and she was like you have to write it here's the wedding editor and it was the quickest, easiest story I've ever sold. I wrote the editor, and within five minutes, she wrote back, and she's like, yes. What was the I pitch? My, my 13 weddings? She just wrote back, I, I it was, do. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was like about the, the deconstructed reception. It was right. kind of how we took to calling it. Um, and it was just like a really, it was a really fun way to uh, keep it small, intimate, casual, but it was also very meaningful, and it, you know, it allowed us to kind of, celebrate over many months which kind of spread out the the joy and it wasn't all on one day and it allowed us you know the 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 idea being that we would sit at every reception table you know like usually you go to a big wedding people travel so far and they spend you know it requires so much of people who attend weddings and basically you get to hug them and say thank you for being there right and it's really meaningful and to have your whole community from your whole life there to witness your vows is a really powerful thing um but we chose to kind of go a different route and that we would do it where we would sit at every table and we would actually be able to kind of share an evening with all the people that we wanted to include how was it writing about yourself 
not only writing about yourself, but writing about something so intimate? Uh, it was, it was fine. It was, I was very cautious and I tend to be pretty cautious when I write. I don't, I don't like rocking the boat, which I'm, um, I don't know. Sometimes There's I feel time. like, yeah, maybe I'll get there. <laughs> um, but I, I wanted to make sure that, um, that I was writing it with a tone that kind of, a tone of humility, because I think when you write about your wedding for the times, you know, and we did, we did get all the comments where, you know, they send a photographer to one of the dinners and, you know, if you have a picture of yourself clinking a champagne glass in the times, like, whoa, you are like, I, bougie AF. Yeah, it is really, really. Get that t-shirt, Brian. We better get that t-shirt, bougie AF. Oh, yeah. So you had a lot of comments. Oh yeah, well, well, I mean, the more public you are, the yeah, more you I, can anticipate exactly. And people I was, coming for you. And 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 part of doing it and part of writing it was an exercise of just saying, like, look, if I have this story to tell and somebody is, you know, is is willing to, to let me tell it, then I need to get used to putting myself out there and kind mm-hmm. of get rid of um, my instinct to kind of to um, just be very quiet and unassuming and not I think wanting it's, to... you were doing a service for poor people. It's a good, you know, it's a good tip. You yeah. know what I mean? That way you're not spending $1 million on a wedding. No, it's a, and it's a very adaptable model. I mean, you can do it, you know, anywhere. You could do high-end New York restaurants, but you can do it at your local mom-and-pop restaurant. You can do it at a do barbecue joint. You can do you it at your apartment. do it at your apartment 12 times. Exactly. Oh, that's fun. I um, mean, it would really be like, this yeah. is what we're going to do each month. <gasps> and then each... Every, you know, Sunday or whatever, or Shabbat, you could do it, you know, each once a month. Do you like Joan Didion? Uh, I haven't read so much of her, but I have enjoyed what I have read. I I read The Year of Magical Thinking, which was really powerful. I mean, I feel like (laughs) The White Album is such a, I don't know if that's still what it's called, but uh, is it still called The White? Jeremy's saying it is. I thought, I I know books through some. I went through some uh, reprint thing. I thought Hmm. it did, but because I remember looking for it once and someone saying, oh, it might be under this essay. But it's a good one to read, especially in terms of writing about oneself Mm -hmm. with a distance. Yeah. I mean, I feel that she's really... Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm going to now get into personal essay. I know. I, you know, I, the, the I, I thing that I was like, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying you did it. And, and I did it, it. Was, it was something well, the thing, out of the, the box. The thing that I was and... terrified about, which is that, you know, I've been writing all these articles that I've been proud of. And I was just like, I know this is going to be the one that makes the biggest splash that, mm. you know, that I just didn't want that to be the thing that somehow became uh, the most kind of recognizable thing that I had done. Mm. Well, lots I, of people care about weddings and few people care about dance. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think it's also sort of, well, if, and if we, I think another way to kind of break that apart or certainly inside of my work, I know that Reed, Reed and I have talked about this before. I think it's always this thing of thinking about, well, how many people am I looking to help? Right. And right. in what way, how am I looking to be of service? And, And what will that be? And I think um, that's something that I'm still, uh, you know, I'm still trying to unpack in terms of my own work. Well, and and also, too, like, the personal is powerful. And it is personal is political. I mean, and it's like it's an entry point that you just can't get to any other way. I mean, it, it cuts so 
kind of cleanly and directly to kind of the heart of whatever you're talking about. And I mean, my like wedding thing is not that, but to, to include, you know, to reveal yourself in your work and, you know, like what you did and in, in everything is imaginable. I mean, to, to use your story, like that is what makes it feel so allows people to connect and makes it feel so visceral and makes it feel so emotional. And so it is something that I am learning. And I think, aspiring to kind of tap into that more in my writing. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's, I mean, like for everything's imaginable, some of what I was, I'm talking about at the end isn't true. I mean, some, I'm mm-hmm. also, there's, there's places that are, you know, that's always been a, a thing with my work is there's also fiction inside. Yeah. Well, that. even if, and fiction is what I did in grad school. And even when you're making it up, you're still revealing yourself. But absolutely. And, still, and yeah. fiction also can tell a lot more. Yeah. Sometimes I feel that that's sort of a big power of fiction. That's why we keep going back to it is there's these real truths in that. Mm -hmm. But in terms of this piece you wrote, I think there is something that is, it's not just a wedding piece. This is about two gay men getting married and being able to celebrate it with a tremendous amount of people. That is, uh, you know, different times. So that's exciting. What's going on for you now? What are you looking forward to? Oh, that's my, that's my question. Oh, what am I looking? I mean, it's not. I mean, it's everyone's question. It's the fall. Yes. What are you go? You like musical theater and theater and dance. Yes, I do. What are we going to see this fall? Um, we have tickets for uh, Moulin Rouge, which uh, Sonia Taye. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I saw in previews last year, and I just uh, in Boston, and I just wrote a piece for Business Week on Derek McLean, the set design, and the set design is just like mind-blowingly gorgeous and immersive and so fun and uh uh, Reed just caught me outside listening to the soundtrack or the cast recording I'm sorry which just uh which just landed today and it was reminding me how fun it is and how excited I am to see that again um I have tickets to we're gonna see Slave Play which I know you guys have talked about Mm -hmm. I did not get to see it off-Broadway I'm very excited to see it on Broadway and I just saw Daddy uh, which was Jeremy O'Harris's other play that was off Broadway, and so I'm excited to see this. I'm going to be working with Jeremy. O'Harris oh yes, for his new play at Playwrights Horizons. Very cool. Which I think you'll really like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I'll be there. Yeah. Um, I have tickets to The Inheritance, which uh-huh. I'm very excited about. Yeah. Got tickets to Jonathan Jonathan Groff's um, Little Shop of Horrors because that will be fun. I, he's starring in it or making it? He's starring, he's starring in, in it. it. I um, <laughs> I would like to see... I'm kind of curious to see... Um, uh, I'm forgetting the name of it, but the, the LBJ, the All the Way follow-up. It's right here at Lincoln Center, The Great Society. I don't know. No? <laughs> I can't help you out with that one, Brian. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um and let's see, in terms of dance, I'm seeing Rubber Band next week, which I'm excited about. Cassie's here. Cassie, come, come in. in. Hi. Come in. We're Hi. almost done. Okay. Hello, You're seeing Rubber Band. fall preview. Yes. Um, and then I just, uh, I just covered, uh, I was assigned to Kyle Abraham up at mm. Jacob's Pillow this summer, mm-hmm. which was such a pleasure. And I'm really excited to see his show, some of those works he's going to be bringing to the Joyce. Um, he was up there with Wendy Whalen. She's bringing the day, um, which I'm curious to see how that evolves. And Lucinda. Yes. Uh And, um, 
Yeah, another Lucinda, my best friend, <laughs> <laughs> upstate, and up, another upstate. Oh, she. There's so. Oh, and Wendy is like. It's also up there. She's yeah. up there. So we That's were all right. talking about uh, random harvest, which is like the best new thing to happen to Craryville, Craryville, which is like this wonderful Crary Craryville. This oh. is this, this is exciting. There's this also is, uh, a new. Uh, New York City Ballet podcast that Wendy will be one of the hosts of. You can listen to that. Tune in. What is it called? I think it's called City Ballet Podcast. <laughs> City Ballet. Told you. No, you just call it City. I I do. All right. Well, work. <laughs> Brian, we're now going to go to um, this reception at, at the library. At the New York yes, Public Library. we're going to celebrate the 75th anniversary of the um, of the dance division, and we're excited to see the collection. We love the dance division here. We love Everyone the involved. dance division. Yes, we are. Deep, I spent deep, many, deep many a hot love. summer day since I was a teen here. <laughs> it's really, it's um, and and Cassie, you're going to be on this podcast. Okay. Oh okay. yeah. You, you, you are going to be on. Yeah. So we're going to go celebrate some dance division. You're going to go celebrate the library. New York Library Thank you for being dance Thanks division. For me. It was really nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Yes. Yeah. I'm very excited. Thank you. All right, ladies and other. Goodbye. Goodbye. We loves you.